The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Welcome to the Double Jump Podcast, where we play games and we try to have fun. This is the second episode, number two. Welcome. We got Michael. Hello. We got Christian. Hey. And we got the Doombringer. We got the Soothsinger. We got Young Master Killer. We got Darth Ingress the Tall. We got Zach. Hi. What's up, Zach? Woo! Uh, what? Why did you say this was the second episode? Uh, last episode was the first episode, so this is the second. Last episode was the first? You're considering it the first episode of your podcast? Yes. How? Hard <laughs> reboot. Um, we got rid of the, the the, so it's just double jump podcast now. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I must have missed that part. Oh, we're going with the, the Fast and Furious model. <laughs> you got it. That's we, right. Now it's just Fast and Furious. I used to I can't just wait be, for next year to be double jump Tokyo Drift. That's the best Fast and Furious movie. What about two double jump? Two, or two double to jump. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. We got Zach. He's a, he's a Star Wars kid. Hey, have we done the thing where we rank all the Star Wars movies? Have we done that? I know we've talked ha- about it. Have we done that on this podcast? I don't think so. Well, guess what we're doing today, This isn't. Champs. No. No, 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 I, no, 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 I yeah, will I'm, be. I'm not down. I'm, I'm not down judge. for this right now. I just now. have the nope. gavel. You nope. guys fight it out. So, we got no. A New Hope. Nope. And then we got, what's the second one? <laughs> it's Return Empire of the Jedi, Strikes Back. Okay, we're, clones. we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Well, if you want to talk about Star Wars, then you have to play my games with me, Zach. Where does Rogue One go in this list? It, it goes nowhere because we're not talking okay, about it. But um, if if you want to hear me talk about Star Wars, you can listen to it on this very website, oh, gncast.com. You by uh, listening to the new Jedi Archives, which is the podcast uh, that I do with my buddy Ben Schultz. Ben and Schultz that's a lot of fun. Star Wars movies with us. This is not someone's first rodeo. I see. Yeah, he might rank Star Wars movies with you, but that's not what we're doing right now. So let, let's move on. Stop stop the pressuring me. Stop pressuring me. I'm not the host. You are. I'm just trying to avoid this topic. All right, Zach. What's your Star Wars talk then? Oh, you want you would want to start with that? Are well, we popcorning to me? No, my segment idea got sunk immediately. It was oh, the... I see. Uh, it death starred on us, and uh, I don't think there will be a death star too for this segment. Thank you very mm. much. Maybe okay. uh, not if J.J. Abrams has a has a say. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fire him halfway through. Okay. Switch cool. to someone else. Okay. Zach, tell me about Star Wars. Okay, so like specifically, what I'm here to complain about? Was it ever good? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> did we need oh, a yeah. third trilogy? Uh, yes, we did. Is episode two canonical? Actually, that's, that's a good question. Did we need a third trilogy? We probably didn't need one, but I'm glad that we have one. Okay. Did we need that's Rogue deep. One? I like Rogue One a lot, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Did we need Solo? Uh, probably not. Okay, that's where I was getting. Okay, what's up? Oh. So, EA. What a bunch of, uh... 
Can I swear? Is th- is that allowed, or are we uh, done with swearing? Oh, I've been swearing. Don't yeah, worry. Michael just swears occasionally. So okay, fine. Yeah. What a bunch of fucks. Am I right? Um, what a bunch of fucks. They are. They're the worst. And they're today, just, they're water the absolute is wet. worst. Yeah, exactly. They're just okay. So when we started doing this podcast thing, that was back around the time that it was announced. Oh, maybe not announced, but that was back around the time that EA had purchased the Star Wars license, and then they were they were in the development of Battlefront, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure one of the first podcasts was a Battlefront podcast. Yeah, and I was super excited for it. And I don't, you know, I really should have learned. I really should have figured out that I shouldn't have been excited for it, but I was. I was excited for it. I was like, you know what? They can't screw this up. They literally cannot screw this up. Here is a game that is tailor-made to make money. Here is a game that you are you are serving a fan base that has been underserved in the video game world for such a long time with a game that many people have been asking for for years and years and years, and you are finally giving it to them. And what did they do? They fucked it up. They fucked it up hardcore. They're like, hey, we're only going to give you the original trilogy stuff, and it's going to be rushed to retail probably a year too early. Yeah. And uh, it's going to look like Star Wars. It's going to sound like Star Wars, but it's going to be like a robot. It doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. Um, so that was the problem with that game. But I was I like, okay, this. they can figure this out, right? They can figure this out. Yeah. And then they're like, our next game is going to be Star Wars Battlefront 2. Sweet. And I'm like, why? I would rather play a different game. But okay, I guess if you're really going to give it another shot, hopefully you learn from your mistakes. And I would say, I don't know about you guys, but I would say that they did learn from their mistakes of the first game. Uh, Yes, they made new ones. Yes, they, they made some terrible new ones. Absolutely, just like the worst thing you could possibly imagine, and people people gave them hell for it. They gave them they gave them hell for it rightly. Yeah, so much hell that the game has like crashed and burned. It's just a, an a- abject failure, and they're well, finally putting cool stuff out there. I'm sorry, Tucker. I'm steamrolling over you a little bit. They're finally putting cool no, stuff out there. Yeah, but it's not worth the shit because you have to play the game for hours and hours to unlock it. <laughs> And by then, I haven't. I'm not having any more fun. If that game having fun, no one's having fun. <laughs> I'm not having fun. I'm a Star Wars hardcore. Okay, I love Star Wars with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my wallet. There is nothing I would not do for the Star Wars brand. If you have turned me off to your Star Wars game, you have made a mistake. Counterpoint. Made a mistake. Counterpoint here. Okay. Counterpoint. Okay. How do we know without EA's involvement there even would be Star Wars games? Isn't it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, Zach? No. Okay. Tucker. No, it is not, because some other studio would have picked it up. Yeah. We don't know that. Tucker, it's such a marketable franchise, there's no way there wouldn't have been another Star Wars game. There already were Star Wars games coming down the pipe. There's 1313 that got tanked when they did the sale. Well, that, that's the thing. The sale. The sale is what changed everything. Yes, there were games in development, but the sale is what caused all of that to go awry when Disney was like, fuck it, we're not making these games. Somebody else can make these games. Which is a smart idea. I don't mind that. The problem is that you sold it to EA. But Uh-oh. 
if EA wasn't there, what does that equation look like? We are making these games. Wank. That's what I'm saying. EA stepped in and actually made these games for you, and you you throw their gift on the ground and stomp on but it. But some other studio would have done it. They just weren't willing to pay up to uh, pony up as much cash for it. That's the thing. It was a. I mean, we don't know all the details about it, but I imagine that Electronic Arts was not the only studio that was bidding for the Star Wars license. Like I, I just can't imagine that. Yeah. But also, licensed games are usually bad, so how do we know? Uh, like, what are we comparing it to? Star Wars has a history of, a rich history of video games, Tucker. Yes, good like, like games, you, even. Yes, yeah. good games, even. So that's mm-hmm. what we're comparing it to. Okay. We're not comparing okay. it to other licensed games. We're comparing it to Star Wars games. And they're yeah. fucking it up <laughs> yeah. royally. And I'm not when they that. made. When they made the sale, I was like, hey, you know what? I know EA has this shitty reputation, but it's Star Wars. How can you fuck it up? Well, they they did it. They, they did. fucked it up. Yes. Now, here's the deal. Yes. Mm. Ironically enough, I never had an issue with the whole paywall thing. Or, or not, not paywall. With the whole, like, I have an issue with pay to win, but I don't have an issue with microtransactions. If you can work them in in a way that is you know, rewarding to the player yeah. without ruining the game balance, then that's great. Yeah. Mm. Also illegal worked, in some countries. Sure. Mm. They've worked microtransactions back into the system, but it's for the shittiest things that nobody cares about. Get Let me buy Count Dooku. I don't want to have to fucking play the game for five hours to unlock Count Dooku. If you charged me five dollars to play as Count Dooku right now, today... I'd pay it. I would give them my money gladly. Instead, uh, Count Dooku, General Grievous, Obi-Wan Kenobi, all these awesome Clone Wars heroes that I've been waiting years to finally see in this game or even the original Star Wars Battlefront, which is going back three years now, I have to sit there and slog through this game to play as them, even offline. You can't even play against the AI with these people until you play online Enough times with enough XP to unlock them. Let me pay for them. I'm literally asking you. Let me give you money. You wouldn't get a sense of pride and accomplishment then. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care about pride and accomplishment. I care about being able to play the characters that I want to play. I purchase World Wrestling Entertainment 2K whatever every year. And you want to know the first thing that I buy? I buy something called the Accelerator. It is a $5 add-on. It is a $5 add-on that allows me to play with every unlockable in the game. Yes, I could go through and unlock all these things manually, but I don't want to waste time with that fucking shit. Because I play, I paid for the game, and I want to play everything. So Zach. I pay the 5 bucks and I unlock it all. You're breaking kayfabe. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm breaking kayfabe. I want this option for every game. I want this option for anything that has ever existed. If Smash Brothers gave me that option, I would have paid for that, too. Zach demands satisfaction. No, there is no satisfaction. You want to know why people play Smash Brothers? They don't play Smash Brothers to go through the story mode and spend 15, 20 fucking hours, which is probably as much time as I have put in to that story mode, and still have not unlocked every character. Yeah. I probably could have put half that I probably could have put half that time in 
on just the brawl mode. <laughs> yeah. And I would have been fine. I probably would have unlocked every character I would have wanted to. Yeah. But it wouldn't have... I, I was like, oh, let me do the adventure because I'm sure it'll be quicker. Wrong. Wrong. I was wrong. Now, the adventure mode in Smash Brothers is fun. It's not that nah. I didn't have fun with it. It's cute. But if they would have given me the option, I would have paid for every character. I would have paid just a single fee. Five bucks. Hey, you unlock every character. Awesome. Great. Now, when I play this game with my friends, everybody could use the character that they want instead of having to wait for me to unlock them on my own free time. Hmm. Smash Ultimate's good, okay? I've put 60 hours into that game. It is my most played game on the Switch, which includes yeah. getting all the shrines in Breath of the Wild, all of the all of the, all of the moons in Mario Odyssey, and I still played Smash Ultimate more, and I'm still playing it to this day because it's got yeah. a wealth of single-player content that I enjoy going back to, and I like unlocking those characters, gosh darn it, because I miss being an N64 <laughs> and unlocking new characters that you didn't even know were there, dude. Isn't that insane? Like, just yeah, do I, a cheat code or something. Not... Microtransactions. Zach. Yeah, I agree, Christian. Christian. Smash Brothers is awesome. I, I really enjoyed that him. game. I'm not bullying. <laughs> Stop bullying Christian. <laughs> okay. It's I'm not job. bullying him. I'm sorry, okay. Dad. No, it's fine, Christian. You're okay. Okay. Don't but here's me. the deal. Yes. Back to Star Wars. Oh, here. thanks. Now we hear. That they've fucking canceled the game that they've been working on for God knows how many years. Probably four years at this point. Switching writers, switching studios, switching all of these different things to try and quote-unquote make the game an experience that will last. An experience that will last. God of War is an experience that will last in my mind for the rest of my fucking life. Spider-Man is an experience that will last in my mind for the rest of my fucking life. Last of Us is an experience that will last in my mind for the rest of my fucking life. You want to know what all those games had in common? They were excellent, excellent single-player games that did not, with the exception of Last of Us, that did not have an online component to, like, quote-unquote, keep you engaged. Just make the fucking game. Knights of the Old Republic is an experience that will last in my mind for the rest of my fucking life. Just make the fucking game. People want to play the game. Nobody cares about any of your bullshit. Yes, I realize, okay? Grand Theft Auto has ruined the video game industry. I'm just going to put that out there. Grand Theft Auto, not that (laughs) Grand Theft Auto is bad, and not that I don't applaud them for their achievement, but they have created an ecosystem that every major developer is now looking at and saying, we want that. How can we get that? And the answer is, you fucking can't. Because Rockstar is the only studio that has that much goodwill. Rockstar is the only studio that is going to ever have that. You're not going to get it. Except for WoW at its peak, right? Yeah. Like World of Warcraft at its peak. That's like the only other example of a a base of players that is willing to pay that much money to continue to enjoy that game. You're not going to get that anywhere else. You're never going to get it with this game. You're never going to get it with Battlefront because the Star Wars players have never had to deal with that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm with you, brother. So it just... Anyway, (laughs) I don't know. I just needed to come on this show and rant about this because I just... You guys hadn't been talking about it, and it's fucking (laughs) pissing me off. And I just... I can't can't understand. 
You had so, it on a silver. You had it on a silver platter. Yeah. This was a a franchise rife for storytelling opportunities, rife for awesome settings, awesome characters, awesome vehicles, awesome combat. It's awesome. It's the best fictional franchise that has ever been created. <clears throat> it is. No, absolutely it fucking is. You shut your whore mouth. I was coughing. It is the best fictional franchise that has ever been created. And what have you done? You have squandered. You've wasted your opportunity. You are idiots. Can Class we, A idiots. Can we rewind the tape a little bit here? So there were two Star Wars games, right? Mm-hmm. There's like an open world one, and then there's like a respawn is making a shooter or something? Yep. Jedi no, I think those something? are the same. I think that those are the same game. They are no, one no. and the same. No, sir. I believe so. You're, are, you, are you absolutely sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure that they were. Uh, uh, the other one was farmed out to another internal EA team, I think. Whereas Respawn's still working on the Jedi Knight Order thing. Order 66. 666 minus 16. <laughs> the younglings. Um, I've only ever heard about the one. I've only ever seen anything and read anything about one game besides the Battlefront games that was being developed for consoles and PC. And that game has been mired in issues and issues. (laughs) Unless I am misunderstanding something. Unless I'm I'm misunderstanding something and the game that they recently announced was basically going back to the drawing board was a different game entirely. I... Uh, no, that's that game, no. but then I think yes. there's another game. There's another game. Oh, there's another. There's a new hope, if you will. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they announced it at E3 oh, last no. year at the EA conference because the host lady sat down with the guy who worked with Respawn. She's like, I understand you have exciting news for us, right? And he's like, uh, we're making a Star Wars game. Uh, Respawn. It's going to be out 2019. Stay tuned for more info. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Wow. Where's the fucking info? Where is it? Uh, He said it's going to take place between three and four. (laughs) Episodes three and four. Oh, sure. Two and three. Something about the Jedi dying off. Something. Have fun. Play with the That's three and four. That's three and four. Yep. Oh my god! I mean, to 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 the layman, none of these games exist because we haven't seen anything of them. They're just words that people say. And it's like, yeah, oh, that's correct, a game. correct. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. Anyway. No, we don't. But we should. We should know. <laughs> and that's that's a larger issue. Yeah. That's what? a larger issue that I think Lucasfilm as a whole, you know, getting away from video games per se, <laughs> Lucasfilm as a whole has that problem because, like. Oh, we've got these movies. Hey, episode nine is coming out. Yeah, but what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah. People want to know what is going to happen. I understand yeah. that Star Wars is a brand that you can kind of get away with that. I mean, they they did it with Force Awakens and they did it with Last Jedi where you can like you can get away with not really telling people what is going to happen or even giving them a slight amount of a synopsis and people will still go watch the movie. But games don't work that way. Yeah. Games, people need to see footage. People need to see demos. People need to see all of these things so that they can decide whether or not it's worth their $60 and, more more importantly, their time. Mm-hmm. How Question. cool is it? <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. How, before, before the sale, before EA became the, the sole proprietor of the Star Wars video game license, how, how frequently were Star Wars games coming out? 
too frequently. No, they weren't. I think the last the last actual LucasArts Star Wars game might have been Connect Star Wars. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. But going going back before that, like the last like major console release, I think was Force Force Unleashed Two. Mm. So is this this release cycle is about on is that on par with with what it was before? No, if you take like a ten year vertical slice. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. There's been like two games for EA, and there have been like 13, 15 games before that. So significantly fewer in the same well, significantly of time. fewer. And here's the other problem. Yeah. I understand you didn't have the license until what, like 2014? I think was when they made that announcement. 2013? Maybe it was 2013. But the point being, it's been six years, and you are one of the most powerful, one of the richest game studios in the entire world. You're telling me that you have not been putting your full... You, you decide to make some fucking game called Anthem. Oh, this is this game called Anthem, and it's going to be really cool, and it's going to be like Halo, sort of, except you're going to be wearing cool suits. And oh, have you ever played Destiny? Oh, it's pretty much pretty much just like that. You could have made that a fucking Star Wars game. It would have been easy. Just slap the Star Wars li- to sta- slap the Star Wars label oh, on it, no. change some of the weapons, change some of the abilities... <laughs> Make the Anthem people stormtroopers or clone troopers or whatever, and yeah. you got a Star Wars game. Dragon That's Age it. Star Wars. It's yeah. just weird to me because I don't. Do you, do you think Disney would have would have given it to EA if they knew that the end result would have been like after six years? There's two poorly received shooters and a couple of cell phone games and two other games in development hell that keep getting pushed off. No. That's a really hard question for me to answer. I, I my my first thought would probably be no, but at the same time, it in the moment, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. In the moment, mm-hmm. D- Disney is selling this because they don't know what to do with it. Right. If Disney had the ability, if they had a game studio that they felt was competent competent enough to create this these experiences at the level that players want them, they would have made them themselves. But they didn't, and they didn't want to spend the money on it. So they mm-hmm. said, "Fuck it, we'll give it to we'll we'll give it to a a professional. We'll give it to people who are supposed to know what they're doing." And I, in my opinion, these people have proven now over the course of the last six years that they do not know what they're doing. And I I urge I urge Disney to pull this license, pull out of this deal. It's not worth the money. Your brand is being hurt counterpoint here (laughs) what if okay so i'm disney right i'm mr disney i'm walt Mm -hmm. hi star wars hi walt hey walt Walt. do i have a game for you okay what was was in it michael yeah walt what was up with all that (laughs) anti-semitism i'm just a head in a jar i don't know i just wanted to pitch an anime key thing to you walt it'll never work Oh. Wait, anyway. is it stupid? Very. <laughs> is but it it'll make oodles of money. Okay. And well, so, fan fiction. <laughs> that's my point, right? So I'm Disney, I'm Walt, and I'm like, oh, how much is this uh, battle Battlefield Front game doing? Oh, it's doing pretty well. Okay, cool. It's not like Walt Disney's sitting there, because he's the boss of Disney, and he's saying like, <laughs> man, these Star Wars games used to be good. Remember Dark Forces? Now that was a game. They don't care. As long as it's raking in money, it doesn't matter. But Walt Disney is not the company making this. Walt Disney, Disney, yes, and, yes not Walt Disney. What the fuck? 
Walt, Walt Disney back Bradford. in the day. Uh, Disney is not <laughs> yes. the company in charge of Star Wars. No, Lucas but I'm saying, Film why would they is the pull? Division because Lucasfilm is filled. I realize, Tucker, that you are a fucking plebeian. <laughs> no, I'm saying understand. if the game is making money, they have no business incentive to pull that contract. But the game's not making money. The game is not making money. Battlefront uh, is an abject failure. That uh, game you can buy. Gonna... You can buy it for ten dollars on the reg. If it was making money, you you wouldn't be able to buy it for less than thirty. Yeah. Okay. The, the markdown happened pretty quick there, but I I think it sold. I'm pretty I'm sure it sold that. pretty well. Yeah, it's sold, it sold at the outset, but the continued player support is not there. Yeah. Not there. Certainly not there at the level that they wanted it to be. Right. So here, here's the problem. The Luke, oh. or not, not the, not the problem. But here's the reality of the situation. Um, actually, really quickly to cut in here, it sold my, nine million copies, but that fell short of their sales target. Expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well. So it's a lot, a lot of initial sales. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the continued support and the critical reaction to the game has not been kind. That's more important. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't making money. Yes. But I think that Lucasfilm has proven that maybe not proven. In the time since The Last Jedi was released, Star Wars has taken a couple of hits, so to speak, to their overall public image, which I disagree with. I think that movie was really good. I really enjoyed it. But it's clear that there was a segment of the fan base that was off-put by that sort of thing. They cannot afford to take these missteps. And Battlefront 2, while it was it was in development at the same time, it actually released before The Last Jedi even came out, so there's no way they could have predicted it. You, you can't afford another screw-up like this. The, and the people at Lucasfilm are Star Wars fanatics. Like, the people who run Lucasfilm, with the exception of... Well, Kathleen Kennedy has been in movies for years and years and years. But, the like, for example, the Lucasfilm story group is entirely made up of people who have grown up with Star Wars, who literally have made, like, be- before they were officially hired by Lucasfilm, they were running fan websites. Like, these people know their shit. You cannot tell me that they're not looking at this saying, "Holy shit, this is a this is a shit show. This is a dumpster fire." Because everybody else is saying that. So how could they not be thinking that? I until the third one comes out in bombs, I just don't think you can say that because the trajectory is still like 9 million copies is a lot of games to sell for a game. Yeah, it's a pretty healthy number. But yeah, well, but yeah, the, the staying I'm, I'm power, not arguing that. It is worth mentioning the staying power definitely has been there. The that the price of this game has dropped significantly faster than than uh than uh previous than than other games of probably a similar production caliber. And that that has to be reflective of something. But does that something show up in their their quicken books, you know? Is this like a I don't know. Disney seems like they're business people to me, and the yeah. business side of this seems sound. So, except for them screwing up microtransactions and having to well, then that's and that's that's the thing is if there's a Battlefront three coming out, I do you think the sales would be strong again? I imagine nope. they'd be pretty okay, but not no. quite as yeah, no, not what they're looking for. So and I don't think what? they also intended to spark uh, lawsuits in multiple countries worldwide so (laughs) spark joy so tucker what you're what you're arguing yes spark joy (laughs) there's no joy there's no joy being sparked here marie okay uh tucker what you're implying or what you're saying is that we need to wait for we need to wait for the crash and burn 
Like, no. Oh, hey, somebody's <laughs> doing the fuck. If, if we're doing real internet meme uh, what are rotation those? here, somebody's Dude. doing the bird box challenge and they're getting behind the wheel of a car blindfolded. Yes. I guess yeah. I need to wait until they crash no. and die before I <laughs> no. deem that a failure. I just no. don't. One game that did okay and sold 9 million copies and them going back to the drawing board on one game that maybe isn't shaping up to be okay doesn't seem like the Titanic is thinking to me. It just seems like business. Like, it's just a thing that happens. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, like, in the same time, it doesn't look good, I guess? If you have these two... If you have one shooter game that someone looks at as, like, kind of a disappointment, the next one comes out, and while maybe the game itself is good or fun, it has all this negative press swirling around it, and that... And while the the end result is you have a healthy sales number, it's still below target and has tanked your public perception. I feel like that'd be something to be worried about. And maybe that's why why they've decided to go back to the drawing board with one of their games, and why why the other one that's in development is so quiet about it is maybe a reflection of all of that. And I I, I guess I as as one of the other resident big Star Wars fans in the room, I, I do I do look at what EA has done with the franchise and with the license, and I do it, it does sit very uncomfortably with me. I guess yeah. it, it's it's not what I would maybe want as a consumer of Star Wars things, but that's not. But what I want isn't going to be what the same what anyone else wants, and I mean it does look like people did want Battlefront still because even with all that negative press, nine million copies is still pretty strong. But how many of those copies were sold after price drops? Yeah, and that's that's something to take into consideration too. And how many of those copies were sold back to like GameStop immediately? Exactly. I actually worked at a GameStop for quite some time. I, I no longer do, but I did work at a GameStop for that holiday season and then continuing into 2018. And I can tell you that we were sitting on many, many, many copies of that game. People mm-hmm. were not satisfied. So yes, initial sales numbers have looked really good for that game, in theory. But the the strength of an online shooter is its community, and if the community is not delivering at the at the uh, the numbers that they are hoping for, then that that has to be a warning sign. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call it the Titanic sinking, but I mean, it look it might be a couple holes uh, holes piercing your. Uh your, uh, Where the Italians what? work down below. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The less desirables are in trouble, yeah. but I think the main ship itself is okay. Where the people a little low in the water there. Got a yeah. couple breaches in the hull, but uh, we're afloat. We can make it back to England. So what we're saying is the guy has not hit the propeller on the way down yet. No, 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 no. Okay. No, if I was if I was the band playing in the galley, not the galley in the uh, in the dining <laughs> hall, <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't be turning to my boys and saying let's play this off or whatever he says. It's okay. it's it's, it's it, the wa- the boat's still afloat. Maybe you got to plug a couple leaks. Maybe you do lose a couple Italians in the engine room, but uh, we're good. But. Uh, no offense to any Italians out there. Actually, this is <laughs> oh my God. The people at Lucasfilm are storytellers. Yes. That's what they do. They tell stories, and their job is to help foster and protect this legacy brand. In my opinion, as a consumer of this brand, almost exclusively, 
There's something. There's something wrong. Yeah. Something is has gone wrong, and yes. I I would really really like to see some correction of course. It would be oh yeah okay so the Titanic hasn't sinked sure but the iceberg is in front of us. Yeah. I would rather not sink. <laughs> I would rather turn and not hit the iceberg. Yeah, but. If you told me, oh, this next game from Star Wars is made by the people who made Modern Warfare 2, I'd be like, okay, I'm interested in a Star Wars game. And I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Tucker, didn't you kind of like Battlefront? Mm. Do I remember that correctly? I played with Kyle some. Okay. (laughs) It was okay. The first one? The first one? The first one, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's not okay. Okay. It's shitty. Well, oh, I don't know. You could play the little oh, no. arcade flyy shooter, and I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Okay. Anyway, oh, my, my down point... Tie fighter, and he's like, oh, yes, a victim of our superior training. <laughs> my, my point has been made. I believe that I have exhausted myself on this yes, topic. the hourglass I have set up for Star Wars discussions. Oops, the sand's falling through. It's almost gone. Uh-oh. I hate sand. Oh no! Screw oh, you! Okay. Don't make sand references, please. We uh, low blow. <laughs> we don't do a news segment, but I feel like this is a really good pivot. Real quick here, <gasps> I don't know if you guys saw that video, but Metroid Prime Four is not going to come out for a while. They yeah, are I was going to bring that over. up. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Christian, can take you? It away. Well, can I was you? just going to bring it up because Zach. Okay. Like, LucasArts or Lucasfilm is not transparent, and I was going to say, isn't it cool how <laughs> Nintendo just came out with the video saying, "Yo." This game is crap with Bandai Namco, so we're giving it to Retro Studios. Yeah. So it's going to be a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, except Nintendo is also a fucking shit show, so don't get me started about that. That's true. <laughs> they made one good game this year. One mm. good game, and it was called Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which, for the record, is a, is a really fun, a great game. I have a lot of fun with it. I do not regret it. But... Uh, <laughs> I do regret the fact that now I have nothing else to play for the Switch. I yeah. played Kirby. Have you guys? Did you guys play the new Kirby game? <laughs> Hell no. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy a lot of the Kirby games. I played the most recent Kirby game, Star Allies, on the Switch. It looks really good. It's a lot of you know. It, it could be a lot of fun, but the difficulty is none. Yeah. It's a game made for like five year olds. Yeah. Like it's it's terrible <laughs> in 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 that yeah. fashion. Like yeah. it was if it was just a little more difficult. Like, I feel like I I would probably feel like I was accomplishing more. But yeah. I had racked up like. 40 lives by the time I got to like the second world like the second yeah. area and I was like okay whatever I'm done this is not fun for yeah. me I understand so that <laughs> yeah. if that's the example of what Nintendo's putting out quote unquote putting out on their like name brand characters it's like okay Odyssey is behind us yeah, Breath Zelda. of the Wild is behind us yeah uh, Super Smash Brothers is behind us. No what else coming. he got left? No, Met- no, no Metroid coming, but I don't even really have any faith in that. Yeah. What else he got left? Star oh, Fox. Fucking, uh, maybe Star Fox. Um, Animal Crossing. More shit like Labo. Yeah. Uh, a Pokemon game that'll probably do really well, but that Tucker will probably hate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just did that, though. Well, that's like Let's Go. Like, that's different. No, you can't that- do that. <laughs> I can't. I can do that. That's how that works. I I was that's not so interested fair. in that game at all because it was a variant of Pokemon Go. 
I am interested <laughs> in the new Pokemon game that is going to be coming. Which is so maybe that'll be their saving grace, but that's one game. You yeah. can't put out uh, one game a year. There's like she's Crafted World. Bayonetta yeah, 3 is cool. coming out. Uh, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that, I guess. It's somewhere on the horizon, though, which is that, awesome. That Katamari remake. Yeah. Uh, I think that already came out last year. Oh, okay. What about Octopath Traveler? I know people that like that game. Sounds like shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> definitely a niche audience. It's not going to be ticking all the boxes that Zelda oh, does. But but someone who likes JRPGs and taking JRPGs on the road might enjoy that one. But they said that they want to sell, like, 20 million more Switches. That's their goal. They want to yeah. sell 20 okay. million more consoles this mm-hmm. fiscal year. Yeah. But if then, like, another, gonna... but another part of this is the appeal of being able to take like console games on the go. So while maybe it doesn't factor into the equation as much, Dark Souls coming out on uh, on a Switch might be something. Or mm. it's yeah, continuing maybe. to get indie games too. So I mean, it's mm. a good indie machine. Nindies, such a stupid name, just awful. Uh, but outside the messenger, has there been any kind of like push on that? I can't think. Hollow Knight was a Switch exclusive oh. for a bit. Okay. okay. Ah. I played a game called Car Quest. Well, Ooh. Are, are we doing was, this? Uh, is this the uh, thing, or are we still on this? Uh, uh, Mario oh, no, 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 and I played Rabbids it on the Switch. It was an indie battle. game. Uh, this is a mess. Hang on. It was, it was an indie game on the Switch. I was just mentioning that. I, I played a game called Car Quest. I paid a dollar for it, and that trust me, good. it was worth it. It was worth a dollar. Yep. <laughs> uh, Into the Breach is a Switch console exclusive. Okay. Okay. You can play Fortnite now. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. Reggie. You can play Rocket League with no one else. <laughs> yeah. When, I, well, I, I, I shouldn't say no one else because now there's full cross-platform play, which is really cool. But oh. every time I match up in Rocket League on my Switch, uh, th- I am not matched up with other Switch players. Like they'll uh, they'll try and match you up with players in your console, your ecosystem first. And I have I, I outside of when I first purchased the game for Switch back a couple, you know more than a year ago now. Um, that that I, that player base has dwindled. Because people are going to the the superior what they see as the superior platforms for Rocket League, so I'm I, I feel like I'm one of like fifty people that's playing it on Switch. Zach, okay can I ask a quick question? Kind of as an aside yeah. to this, how many copies of Rocket League do you own? Five. Okay, I think. Um, well, I I know I've purchased the game five individual times, so I I technically only have four. Okay, but I when I bought it the first time, it was on my brother's account on PlayStation, which I didn't realize. Um, so when I got my own PlayStation Four, I I did not have Rocket League, so I needed to buy it again. So I have paid for Rocket League five times. Okay, not just including the car pass things. Oh, not including the car pass things. I've purchased those as well. So I've purchased both Rocket Rocket Pass One and Rocket Pass Two. Haha. <laughs> I like Rocket League. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. No, it's respectable. I'm just I'm just curious. Also, well, let let's go back to the time when Rocket League originally came out, and Christian yeah. was like, "This could be the game of the year," and I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Well, I was wrong. I remember this. We we all I'm, have those moments. I feel. Yeah. I feel like we. Yeah. Well, Christian doesn't because he just has his opinions, and they're usually nice opinions. And then <laughs> <laughs> he just likes the things he likes. But 
Michael, mm. San. What was our game of the year? San Celeste wasn't our game of the year. You fool! If only you had known. <laughs> Thought Celeste I said sucks. Celeste was probably going to be our game of the year. I'm pretty sure I said that. I I'm so that. disappointed in you guys. I'm I went so into, that, I went into in it assuming Celeste would be game of the year. Okay. Okay. I was Celeste God of War. Up, I was thinking Celeste or God of War would be the top. So. We're and you gave it to the wrong game. <laughs> okay, well, how about we get to... Game one. <laughs> the wrong game one. You're just like all those people who were upset about the call, the no call in the NFL last weekend. That's right. You well, guys Zach, fucked it up. Zach, from now on, we'll be sending all of our game of the year to you to review every time yeah, there's and, interference. And then I will be the arbiter. I will pick the game... Okay. And it will be God of War just, every year from now on. It's really going to slow this process down. I mean, it's, uh, it really takes the sport out of it, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying? fucking around. It's your show. I'm glad that you picked the game that you guys all liked. Yeah. I'm just disappointed because you picked the game that five people made yeah. uh, with, instead of a game that hundreds of people made and poured their lives into. Well, they were fools, and we, we can't help that. They were not fools. God of War was awesome. The square of power. Okay, anyway. Power. Wait. Cur- courage. Wisdom. Power? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Ooh, we're doing my new format this time. Y'all get a time limit now, which oh, is good this time, ew. I think, because we're already running kind of long. So, Michael, why don't you start us off? And I'm going to give you 10 minutes, but if you go over a little bit, hey, it's fine. I'll just kind of I'll just kind of shut your mic off. It'll be okay. I thought about talking about trophies, actually. So I okay. don't know if this lends itself to cool. a bigger conversation or not. Because okay. I have officially joined the Platinum Club. I've gotten <gasps> out. You took my place. Yay, I took Tucker's place. I tapped a mayo jar for 10 thousand times and now i have a platinum trophy hell yeah dude how's it feel uh like i didn't really accomplish anything i just pushed the x button a bunch (laughs) are you like walking down the street a little nicer now a little smoother feeling a little taller no i mean i i feel more sympathetic towards the jar of mayo that had an identity crisis while i poked it but okay Okay. um trophies though yes because i'm actually (laughs) going for my first real plat now okay i'm trying to hundred percent I'm going to cut you off right there, Michael. They are all equal. No, no, there's no not. value gradients here. No, I'm pretty sure the Mayo Games trophy list. It, if you look at it, like 88 percent of the people that played that game have the have the plat. I know, but if you look at how many plats you have, it doesn't matter because it all just mm-hmm. makes the number go up by one. No, yeah. it's not a real. I don't think it's a real platinum situation. And I, <laughs> I, I. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about this because Christian, you're 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 approaching plat 100 now, aren't you? Yes, I got three this weekend, two last weekend, so I'm at 99. <laughs> so I'm going to try and save 100 for Kingdom Hearts three. Wow! Right. So I need to ask because I'm noticing that the way I play Valkyria Chronicles now, which is the game I'm trying to 100 percent for the the plat. It's a little different. I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like min-maxing and 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 cheesing the stuff, at least the parts I don't like, so I don't have to worry about it. And and it's it's approaching it a little differently. Like now, the intent rather than just getting over this this situ- like getting through the game, <laughs> is now 
getting the big guns and beating it in like two turns and 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 Michael I yes have you ever seen the movie Baby Geniuses (laughs) (laughs) there's a part where they're looking at like the the brain waves of a baby yeah. And then it like switches at some point and like the switch happened. And I feel like that's what <laughs> happened with you where you were like a person and then all of a sudden the trophy thing came in and like your brainwaves <laughs> just like shift over a little bit. They're like, he can never go back. I, it has begun. Well, because I had a taste of this back during the 360 days. <laughs> yeah. When, because uh, I, I would play games, I'd beat them, and then I'd go back through with the intent of actually getting every achievement. Yeah. Um, I stopped that after I personally after uh missable meant that i didn't get the the 100 percent in the first assassin's creed game but like like there was a period of time where i did approach games this way and it's 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 i don't think it's as all-consuming but it's definitely like a different thought process to it yeah like i mean beforehand with uh with valkyria valkyria chronicles i mean there were levels that i tried to that I did look up ways to beat the quickest just because I was getting on hour 50 and yeah. bothered with with some of the the um, the more particular stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, now it's like, okay, I'm going to play this level over and over again to grind, which is maybe this is also just a JRPG mentality. Yeah. But I'm play this level over and over again to get as much resources as I can to buy every gun because I'm going to buy every gun so I can beat this boss really quickly and then and then go on and and eventually grind to this final point where it's like you get the little platinum ding but <laughs> yeah it's it's I guess Christian do do you find on the trophy hunt that you approach games differently have they like how how do you do you, when you sit down and play a game for the first time do you think about getting as many trophies right away as you can it depends. It all uh, happens on a case-by-case basis. Um, usually, if I'm conscious of the trophies in something and I want to try and go for the Platinum Trophy, there's trophy guides, and those will give you kind of a loose outline of kind of how you want to do things when you play the game. And usually, those things will tell you if you just want to do one single playthrough without worrying about the trophies because it's easy to clean up or there aren't missables. Mm-hmm. Or if there are missables, I'll take note of those. And if it's a longer form game, I will want to make sure that I get those and then just play the rest regularly. But if it's a game that I just want to enjoy by itself, absent of trophies, I'll play it on a different platform or something like that. But yeah, if it's if it's a very long form game that has missable trophies that need to be gotten lest like dozens of hours be lost, then I will take very careful note of that and I will like kind of get more anxious when those moments come and then as soon as they're done I can take a breath and then just move on. So when Kingdom Hearts 3 drops and you sit down to play that for the first time, mm-hmm. how what what are you what are you what are you thinking with that then? Yeah, as far as the trophies are concerned with Kingdom Hearts three, I'm not going to be even thinking about them really the first time through. Uh, just going to play through the game like I would normally, and that's kind of how Kingdom Hearts one and two were because I kind of had multiple playthroughs in mind uh, <laughs> starting out those games because so, like Kingdom Hearts one took like three playthroughs, and you can just. I can just uh, do a regular, normal playthrough and then do 
like finish it and then load up my save and then do all the side stuff on that single save file. And so it's not something that I really need to worry about, which is nice. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole, the whole trophy hunt. And I don't know. It's also, I kind of like it somewhat, I guess this oh. is the other thing I wanted to get to here. It's kind of a fun the idea of sitting down and absolutely conquering a game in yeah. some way, it's kind of exciting. Like, I, I enjoy sitting down and seeing everything that I could possibly do in 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 this, in, in Valkyria Chronicles 4, which is the one I'm trying to plat now. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's fun watching the numbers tick up in a certain way. Because, I mean, maybe it's because there's an appreciable impact to that. But on the same note, it's it's just... It's... it's Especially, even if you're going through with like guides and stuff like that, you start learning different mechanics and different ways to do things that maybe you didn't think about originally. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We lost you, Michael. We lost you. We'll never know Michael again. The Michael of old, he's gone. I remember how I he go used by to smile. Mike now. <laughs> what uh, Mike? What's the uh, what's the catalyst here, Michael? What's the kickoff? Christian's pro- approaching 100, and it's like, well, no, I, I want to have at least one to my name. And now that I have one to my name, I want to have a legitimate one to my oh, name. Oh, no. Always chasing that next high. That's how it goes, man. Mm-hmm. I need my fixins. Soon you'll be neck deep in Japanese Vita games, trying to... <laughs> I mean... Thing. In my dreams. <laughs> Zach, do you care about achievements? Is that a thing? Not even at all. Oh, okay. And, and that's been a documented thing on this show. You yeah. guys and your fucking achievements. Hey, I'm out of it, man. Us. I'm clean. I'm clean. No, 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 Tucker. You got Chivos. You got an Xbox. Don't even. I'm gonna turn off notifications and not even look at them. <laughs> uh-huh. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Then you just, like, experience the game, and who gives a yeah. shit about, You're like... You're not gamifying the, the game, man. The, the problem with achievements to me is that you create this, like... It, it essentially is a built-in quote-unquote expected experience yeah. right like Checklist. oh here are the things that you need to do in this game to really really play it and i'm like well screw you i'd <laughs> rather just play it how i want to play it yes so. yes and no i think with like because because christian's going to be going into kingdom hearts 3 and i'm going to be and i'm i'm going on a different rpg i think rpgs kind of lend themselves to that because if you're going through with a hundred percent run in mind anyway you get it basically it, it equates almost to a to the platinum trophy and like the system's designed to pretty much maybe not explicitly encourage that 100% run but it it's it's there and it's not like it's not like before achievements or trophies were a thing that people weren't trying to you know get all their final fantasy characters to 99 or anything like that so it's it's maybe it's a different field with those games in particular but hmm hmm Hmm. 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 I don't know. I might be just speaking out of my ass here. <laughs> it's okay. No, that's fine. Hey, man. It's you it's your you. you're the one who bought the game. You can play it in whatever fashion you want. If if you want to chase achievements, go for it. Yay. Christian obviously really likes it. So I mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, do your thing. Okay. One of the things I like about it is that my trophies are a testament to my knowledge as and experience as a video game player. So, you know, like if someone brings up a game, I could be like, oh, yeah, I got the Platinum Trophy in that game. I know it. <laughs> you and then they could be like, okay. 
And then that's usually where the conversation stops because they don't like having to talk to people about that. I don't know how to turn my timer off. That's usually where the conversation stops with me because I, I tell Christian I don't like to talk to you ever. So. <laughs> Aww. Oh, oh I'm joking, Christian. Yeah, try living with oh. him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine. I cannot even imagine. It would just be like a playing with a video game playing robot mm-hmm. um, 20, 24-7. I miss you, former Rumi. Anyway, oh. uh, the other thing, as a quick addendum to this, my name is Mayo, which is the game I actually platinumed, which isn't a game you just poke it 10,000 times while going through this weird, like... Like like plot scenario that involves a jar of mayo having identity crises. It was kind of cute. Aww. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. It's 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 like two hours of tapping a mayo jar, but it's like he goes from oh, being yeah. a kid in a little beanie mayo to <laughs> being a glam rocker and having a glam rock phase yeah. to being becoming like his dad because his dad wants him to be a best selling jar of mayo. Aww. And then his dad approves of his rocker days. Aww. It's, it's it's cute. Or there's the one where it tries to figure out what your kink is, and that involves becoming a banana, and then becoming ketchup, and then becoming, uh, and then just wearing a bikini. Mm-hmm. It's a weird mm. thing, but it had a quirky charm. <laughs> okay, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. Popcorn, Christian. I'll start the timer. Okay, I should go next. So, as you may or may not know, I got a PlayStation VR a couple weeks ago, and so I've been Woo! going through my PlayStation VR backlog, and I've been going through it at a pretty satisfying clip. Um, one that I'm fairly happy with, at least. Uh, I've gone through Thumper, fantastic, probably my favorite rhythm game ever, uh, Moss, I've gone through Job Simulator, I've gone through Until Dawn Rush of Blood, and I've played through, what else we got, Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality. And I've also played through and gotten the Platinum Trophy for Astrobot Rescue Mission, which I think is absolutely fantastic. It's an amazing platformer. Uh, Other than Thumper, the best VR experience I've had up till this point, which isn't really a surprise because everyone else freaks out about it. But I think it's the closest Sony has ever gotten and may ever get to having a 3D Mario platformer. Wow. It's fantastic. Knack. Knack's not good. Okay. Um, what about the Knack 2? Mm, co-op. Not good either. Okay. okay. Is there a Knack 3? No. There will be. Now, Mike now what about... To say. Yeah. <laughs> hear me out here. Hear yes. me out here, Christian. Yes. What about Red Dead Redemption 2? What about it? <laughs> Isn't that the Mario platformer you've been waiting for? Ooh. No, sir. <laughs> I'm not just fucking around. You're okay, in the dry, good. dry desert, and the yep. sun is angry at you. <laughs> the wilderness. I, I, not that this, um, <laughs> this is not important, and I don't mean to take you guys off track, but I just read, just remembered, I was wa- the watching my friend. I was watching my friend playing Red Dead Redemption Two last night, uh, before our role playing session. And I realized it's really convenient that there's always, like, pretty much a full moon at night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because otherwise you'd just be riding around through the fucking dark. <laughs> That's true. Ludo anyway. narrative. <laughs> Thanks um, oh, for failing on your realism charge, Rockstar. Jeez. Put it further down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian, I have a question for you. Yeah. When 
Astrobot came up last time, I believe, on this podcast. We were both kind of like, yeah, looking at footage, it just seems kind of, you know. Uh, so what changed going into the headset, man? Yeah, um, when you're viewing anyone playing a VR game, it's a bad v- viewing experience <laughs> yeah. as a third party because you're seeing one eye and the person's looking around and there's a disconnect there. Because yeah. when you're in the headset you are consciously like keeping track of your character even when you're not looking at the character necessarily you kind of have that sense of what's going on whereas if you're just watching the cameras like whipping around all the time and like the the cropped image doesn't show the character all the time it's like why why would you want to play this like that yeah but when you're actually in the headset it's fantastic and okay. uh it translates very well to VR uh the scale's great and the animation works fantastic. The sense of charm is really nice. It's all just extremely smart. It's just so intelligently crafted as a 3D platformer. Like you're just getting coins, you know, you're freeing your little bots. But, like, the level design is so smart. It's very extensive as a VR game. Like, I, it took me maybe, like, 10 hours to 100% it. But that's very substantial compared to other VR games. Yeah. And... Like, they, they throw in new little tools for you here and there that keep things fresh. There's a minecart section that's only in there for one level. Like, they don't keep going back to that minecart mechanic because they have so many other ideas that they're putting into this game. Yeah. And also, like, the way Astrobot is designed is just so smart because you don't have a double jump, but you have a jump and hover. And the hover is, like, these lasers that shoot straight down, and so you can see exactly where your Astrobot's going to oh. land. Genius. Hmm. Mm-hmm. fantastic time great game do you uh when you come out of vr is there any like lingering vision stuff or is it just like oh i'm out of vr now? for me no uh it's more like psychological especially when i have those okay. really long vr sessions where yeah. i'm playing you know like six hours of vr at a time it's it's like the psychological thing where i have to remember that i don't have this thing strapped to my head and that yeah. i don't have to like then my field of view isn't limited, so I don't have to, like, look around at everything if I want to see something. <laughs> yeah, turn the neck. Yeah. Hmm. What a way to go. Um, how does sound work on that? Is it headphones built in, or do you supply your own? Yeah, so I think with the new model, at least, it comes with earbuds. And so the earbuds plug in underneath the, like, head strap. And then they just go right into your ears that way. Or else you can feel free to supply your own if you got a pair that are comfy. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I just wanted to say (laughs) Astrobot was snubbed for the jumpy. It's better than Moss. And it's really good. (laughs) It was a list made at a point in time. You know, it was experiential, dude. We were so innocent. We were in a Um, pre-Astrobot world. Yeah, dude. Is that Until Dawn game as bad as it seems to be? Rush of Blood? Yes. I think it's actually surprisingly good as a VR launch game. I mean, it's huh. just like a rail shooter. You're just sitting in a minecart shooting at stuff. Okay. But, I mean, that's fun in VR. I mean, it's fun to just sit there, shoot at targets, have scary things jump in your face every now and then. Whoa. Yeah. That's fun. And then, like, have people get up in your face, and you're like, whoa, get on my face, guy. What are you doing? Wait, is whoa. Until Dawn, like, the... Am I thinking something else, or is Until Dawn the one that's, like, a bunch of quick time events? Yes. Yeah, but that's the original game. That's a yeah. weird jump, but okay. Yeah, they took the same branding to give them a 
VR game to make that happen. I don't know. But it's good. Uh, motion sickness is really bad in Until Dawn Rush of Blood, though, because you're in a mm. minecart, and if the minecart goes down a hill, that's oh, when it gets kind of bad. So apparently, oh. like, the way motion sickness works in VR is the opposite of how it works in a car. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, like, you, you feel like you should be moving, uh, oh. but you have nothing nothing yeah. move actually moving your body. Crazy. Whereas in a car, your body actually is moving. And so, yeah, it's, it's weird. The the chemicals in your ears do bad things. <laughs> Zach. Yeah. Remember when I used to get really bad motion sickness on the bus and I threw up that one time? Y- yeah, I remember that. Cool. Cool. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, good times. So how many... I think I many? read somewhere that there were, like, people were looking for ways to try to counter that motion sickness... Yeah, chew on ginger, chew on something, uh, take a certain type of medicine that I forgot. Well, I mean, even, like, more than that, I don't know, I saw something on BBC come up where someone was sitting in the backseat of a car to Mm. counter it, but it was like a self-driving car and part of the video game experience. I don't know. Whoa. It's expensive. (laughs) Yeah. What I found helps combat my motion sickness, at least, like, I had to review a game that made me very motion sick when I played it in VR, and so I had to just overcome it, power through it, and make sure I didn't throw up. And how I did that, I think, like, the first time was really rough. I felt really bad. The second time, it was eh, still a little sick. Third time, I think I got it down. And what I f- figured out, I guess, is that it's largely psychological for me, is that when I'm realizing that the thing in front of me is just in a, a screen, just kind of an extension of what I do in video games on a daily basis, I'm not actually there it helps me a lot not get motion sickness. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. The internet recommends a combination of eating ginger beforehand, taking Dramamine, Dramamine. smoking marijuana, yeah. and then having someone tell you you'll be okay. <laughs> Eat Doritos. Blaze it. <laughs> uh, have you, do you guys get motion sickness just playing like normal games? Has that ever happened to you? I've gotten vertigo once, but no. Okay. Other than that, mm, okay. no. not really. I used to get motion sickness really, really bad when I was younger. Um, but then once I like, if I'm like in the front seat of a car or if I'm driving the car, I I don't have any issue with it. It's yeah. like if I'm in, if I'm in the back seat of a car is when it really starts to affect me. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to read something. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, don't don't make that mistake. Yeah, that's bad. Bad news. <laughs> Popcorn, Zach. I mean Tucker. Either one. Uh, you still have a minute not? and eighteen seconds, Christian. That's okay. Oh. That's your platform, I'm to man. Surrender it. Hey, okay. Astrobot Rescue Mission. Do I not awesome. get a segment? Well, I can popcorn you, Zach. Okay, uh, I'll I'll just I'll be quick. Um, <laughs> okay, I Zach. I played a couple of games lately. Nothing like current, like because I don't like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I like hearing you guys talk about Kingdom Hearts, but I don't like, you know, I, I don't really get anything from the experience myself, Same. so I'm, I'm, I'm not on that train. Um, I'm, I might try Anthem if it winds up getting good reviews, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so what have I been doing? I was playing Smash Brothers for a good while. I've kind of cooled off on that. I'll, I'll come back to that because I've got to unlock everybody anyway. Um I, surprisingly enough, I've kind of gone on a bit of a rock band trip. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, 
I saw my Xbox 360 sitting on my shelf, Aww. and it wasn't plugged into anything. <laughs> no. And I was like, you know, I feel like I feel like I should try and use this because who knows how many years it has left yeah. being fully functional because it, it it's already kind of chugging. Yeah, and I'm like, huh, you know, I never really had a chance to play really any of the Rock Band games of that generation because I when they were coming out. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any kind of disposable income of, of my own. Yep. And so any experience that I got with it was just like playing it at maybe friends' houses or, you know, conventions where things were set up or that sort of thing. Um, and then my mind drifted to the Beatles rock band. Yeah. Yes. And, and I feel very, I feel very sad. It, it's very unfortunate because you can't buy the songs that are, that were DLC. Really? anymore they shut down that part hmm. so unfortunately the only songs that, and that's like all of abbey road huh? and there, there's obviously yeah, a lot of great it's, songs it's that all you of could Rubber purchase Soul, all of abbey road and all of sergeant i know and that makes me so so sad because yeah. i would love to play those but um i i picked up the game i think it was at one of the game stops in town here and when I went to buy it, they actually, they literally just gave it to me for free because they were like, oh, this should have been taken off the shelf. Because like, <laughs> no. if, if, well, if you notice, none of the, none of the rock band games are at, at any GameStop anymore because I think that they have just kind of made the decision as a company that they don't want to sell this game because they don't have any of the guitars to go with it. Oh. Um, okay. so they don't want to like, they don't, that, that's actually a, a decent business move. It's like they, they don't want to project the image of like, hey, buy this game, even though there's like, you can't play it with anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I saw it on the shelf. I brought it up front. They gave it to me we, with the other games that I was purchasing because I, I wanted it. And they were like, you want it? Go ahead. Take it. Um, so I went online. I was on the eBay and I was able to get a hold of one of the Paul McCartney bass controllers wow. for this a relatively low price. This is um, like the most late aughts conversation I've ever heard. I know, right? <laughs> then I opened, uh, I, I got the controller. It was kind of scuffed up, but it, it's not really all that bad. It's still definitely recognizable. Mm. Um, and I was trying to use it, and the strum bar was not exactly uh, working. Uh. So I opened up the controller, Whoa. I fixed it, and it works just fine. That's wow. crazy. Um, and so now I'm, I'm kind of going through. I, I have a pretty good, I'm looking at it right now on my shelf. I've got a pretty good rock band collection going on. I've got one, two, three, the track pack, volume two, the metal track pack, the ACDC rock band, wow. the Green Day rock band, and the Beatles rock band. Oh, um, my God. And I found those all at like local stores and that sort of thing. I, I I think I bought like the metal track pack from an online retailer, and uh, that was like a brand new one. Like it still hadn't been opened. Ooh. Um, strangely enough, the Rock Band Three store is still open. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yep. You can still wow. buy and download songs for Rock Band Three. Hmm. Huh. Gr- granted, they're like two dollars a piece, so really yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of. Uh, It'll get really, really pricey if you try to buy everything. But yeah. I, I did buy one. I can't even remember which one it was. It was under the bridge. I, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay. Sometimes I feel yeah. uh, Can we just go around real quick? <laughs> Rock band is set up. What instrument do you guys play? Go. Bass. Bass. 
guitar or or vocals if I'm yeah. feeling saucy. Yeah. Christian. For, for me, it's guitar because of Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's kind of for me too. It's like I didn't. I had I had a Guitar Hero. I didn't have Rock Band. So when I would ever go over to someone's house to play a Rock Band, it would be like, well, the only instrument I know how to play on here is the guitar. So. I prefer bass just because, well, one, I, I seem to prefer bass when I'm listening to music as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really enjoy bass lines. I really enjoy that development. That's why mm-hmm. the Chili Peppers, Tucker, are uh-huh. one of my favorite groups because I enjoy Flea quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, also because the difficulty of bass in Rock Band is pretty significantly lower yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the difficulty of guitar because bass lines are usually a lot more simple, right? It's like you're you're not hitting like chords per se. You're more just like well, strum, like well, plucking well. individual notes. So it's a lot easier for me to handle that because when I when I was learning how to play rock band, and I don't know if it's just me. It probably is just me. The coordination of my pinky is not nearly mm-hmm. the same as the coordination of the rest of my fingers. So it's like. You need to use your pinky to play the orange key mm-hmm. if you're a normal person. But for me, <laughs> yeah. I, I was never able to get the hang of that. So I switch. Like, I go, I on the fly, I will go up with my ring finger mm-hmm. to hit the orange key, which can make some of the combinations really difficult for me to handle. And, and sometimes I still can't even get them. But yeah. I am able to play most of the songs on hard on bass, which yeah. makes me feel like I'm actually doing something. Yeah. Like I'm I'm enjoying the music, enjoying the song, enjoying the game in the way that it was kind of meant to be, which is like you are playing this instrument in a way. The um, uh, Beatles rock band, that's a good game to have the bass mm-hmm. playing, man. Yeah, Paul McCartney absolutely. That, that, okay. As an aside tangent here, I'm so happy yes. people are talking about the Beatles Rock Band game. Because actually, having never played it, that game was probably one of the most important games for me growing up in a formative kind of way. Okay. Because there, there was a time period in, like, early high school where I would just watch the the videos from that, like the captures <laughs> of that. They're yeah. very good. Because they're... I, I thought they were just so good looking and that yeah. kind of that's actually what kind of hooked me on the Beatles music which then wow. spiraled out of control mm-hmm. into liking music as a whole and eventually becoming eventually leading to hearing double and stuff like that too I'm so old oh my god <laughs> so that was <laughs> it, I, it's just it's cool to hear that come up again I don't know because that, that was for me Having never even actually played it, such an important game. Yeah. By by the time the Beatles rock band had come out, um, I was already into the Beatles. I, I got I didn't get into the Beatles until I hit like high school. Like I think it was uh sophomore year ish. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma had always been a huge fan, but she moved back to the area that year. Um, because she and my grandpa had lived in New Hampshire for most of my childhood. 
Um, so when they came back to the area, she had like Beatles CDs that she had in her car. And that was when I first like, oh, let me borrow this CD and like see what this is all about. And of course, my mind, I'm like, I've heard so many of these songs, but I never connected any of it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that was also the age, right, where it much like Michael, it's like you're you're kind of making the connections and really starting to enjoy music on another level. Um, and so when Beatles Rock Band came out, I was actually really upset that I didn't have a way to play it because I I was like, this is this would so be my jam. I would love, I would love to play this game. So it is very awesome that I've gone back, and even though I'm not able to play it at its at its peak, at its incredible, you know, power, being able to purchase all of those songs, I am still able to play the ones that are on the disc, which is still a really good collection. So, um, you know, if if you're a Beatles person, if you're a music person, and you're like me, and you didn't really have that rock band experience. Um, even if it's just you, even if you're just playing on guitar, I'm still having a lot of fun with it. So I, I do highly recommend it. And, and the games are not expensive now. You know, the most expensive part, besides, you know, the Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 that you would use it on, um, the most expensive part would probably be the guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I imagine. You know, what, what did you get yours for, Zach? I don't know. It was the Paul McCartney one. I want to say that it was like 40 to $50. Um, Sounds right. But that was like a deal. Like if, if you're, if I, I think most people are trying to sell those Beatles instruments for a lot more than that. Okay. Because I imagine like the simple guitar itself, like not, not a Beatles special one, but just an individual guitar is probably, probably be pretty affordable. Maybe for like I'm seeing $20. them at about 40 to 50, but I have had a bad experience because I did try to pick up a second guitar so mm-hmm. that I could have like, you know, oh, hey, we'll get together and we'll do rock band parties and that sort of thing like that with my friends. And uh, that second guitar did not work. Like, it came in the mail, and it was just, like, straight up broken. Like, I think the directional buttons or something on it just, like, wasn't functional. Mm. And so I'm like, great, I just flushed $40 down the toilet. Like, you've got to be careful with that stuff, I guess. And and the the problem is most of the secondhand stores, most of, like, the local game stores, they don't carry that stuff anymore because nobody... It's been so long since those guitars were released, some of them a decade ago plus that a lot of them are in such disrepair. So it's like you 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 really got to you got to be careful when you're looking for that stuff, but if you can find something that is functional and you're able to take care of it then yeah, it it it's a real good time. Hmm. Um that that's pretty much it for most of my game stuff now. I mean, I I think uh I'm looking forward to getting into the Spider-Man DLC. Uh, I I have not touched it yet at all, but um, that that's because I I let my uncle. This is really interesting. <laughs> when when was the last time I was on this show? Uh, oh, it was geez. Red Dead Two launch. Okay, so, and when was that? Like, like late October. November, late October. Okay, so so Christmas went by. Right. Um. So I bought a PlayStation Four again. <gasps> um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't mean to go over time. What, well, how much time I got left? How many? T- how many times? Oh, I, is this? I stopped it. <laughs> oh, okay. You're good. How many uh, times? I'm sorry. Is this act? Uh, the second time. Okay. So my my for those who don't know the story, my first PlayStation Four was actually a PlayStation Four Pro that I got with my tax return in early 2017 to play Horizon. Oh. Um, and I had it for a while, and it served me well. And then back this past August, 
uh, GameStop was running a deal where if you traded in your PlayStation 4 Pro, you got $300 in credit toward a new Xbox One X. And they were running the same deal with the Xbox One S where you got almost the full value, $250 in credit. And so I was like, well, this seems like something that would be a smart idea to do. And so I, I traded in both my Xbox One S and my PlayStation 4 Pro, and I did not pay anything out of pocket for an Xbox One X. So I was running with that for a couple of months, and then uh, the Black Friday time hit, and they did the Black Friday bundle of the PlayStation 4. It was the original, the regular PlayStation 4 Slim uh, with Spider-Man for only $200. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a really good deal. So... I, uh, I I took advantage of it, and here I am. I lent that copy of Spider-Man to my uncle because he had not played it yet. Um, but it took him like a month. Like it, it, it took him until just like last week to finally actually start playing it. So I had had the bug. <laughs> Get it? I had had the bug to... Spiders aren't there are bugs, I know, I know, I'm just saying. I had had the bug to play the Spider-Man DLC, but I had not had a copy of the game to play it with, and I didn't want to rebuy it, of course. So I, I finally borrowed it from a friend of mine on disc, and so I'm going to uh, venture back into that world and prepare mm-hmm. myself for the next Spider-Man game that will inevitably come out, Yeah, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a blast. It's a pretty easy platinum. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, and I think that that is going to do it for me. So, Popcorn Tucker. Okay. Well, I just want to say right off the bat, Slay the Spire is very good. Uh, Michael, I'm looking forward to recording a little bit with you at some point. Um, Tucker, I'm looking forward to, to being on that recording. Um, it is a card-based roguelike. Uh, and what I really like about it is, Christian, I think you can back me up here. When you play a roguelike, the, the appeal, the thing that keeps you coming back is like, next time, things mm-hmm. are all going to go my way. And the, the RNG is just going to work out, and I'm going to get all the things I need, and it's just going to mm-hmm. be perfect. And if you take that and you put it with a card game, all of a sudden you have that appeal, but it's happening like... Because every time <gasps> you're drawing cards, it's like, oh my god, this is the card I'm going to need. And it's it's gonna, like a loot box! It is! It's... it's, it's it's so good, and I've already played it a ton, and I just got it this week, and I feel like I'm going to keep playing that game a lot. Like, I feel like I've already surpassed my Dead Cells experience, and I feel like I'm just starting. Like, it doesn't have that grind to it, because every time you die, you start over, and you your deck is it starts the same every time, but you, you have to make all these decisions as you go. Which card am I going to take? Am I going to skip these cards? Mm-hmm. You can get rid of cards sometimes. And you're just constantly building this deck, and I have not beaten... You, you're supposed to go through it as three different characters and try to beat it. You're trying to slay the spire, you see. It's this giant tower, and you're trying to slay the tower. And I haven't slayed uh, the tower yet. That's what they mean by spire. <laughs> uh, every time you die, a space whale brings you back to life. Uh, that's another thing. The game is very... I really don't like the art style to it, but it has this very surreal... Uh, everything feels off in this really interesting mm. way, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just very addicting, and I can just sit there. I I don't usually do this with games, but I I <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, when I die, I'll be done, and then I'll die, and I'll be like, uh, I could I could try it one more time, <laughs> and it just kind of keeps going. And uh, but the game I I want to take up most of my ten minutes here. I haven't even started the timer. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, 
Epic Game Store is a thing now. It's a competitor what? to Steam. Uh, oh, that. Yeah. Uh, they've been giving away games for free. They sure have. And their game, I believe it's gone now. I think it's the Jackbox now is the game you can get. But yeah. the last week or two, it has been What Remains of Edith Finch. So I picked that up, and I played through it in about one and a half sittings. Um, and it is a very interesting game, I think. It does a lot of things I haven't really seen a game do. Uh, What you are is, you are a young woman, and, well, there's layers to it, but for the (laughs) most part, you are a young woman, and you're returning to your childhood home, which is this crazy... uh, It's not, like, fictionalized, like, it's a structure that could actually happen, but it is a very non-standard house. It's Mm -hmm. kind of... Like a Winchester mansion type deal. Yeah, but it has, like, this kind of like (laughs) rickety tower building off of it and you have this journal and it has a family tree inside it and what you're doing is you're going back to your childhood home because I guess this is going to be kind of hard to describe but like apparently your family has this curse and it makes people die and the game isn't really focused on that but that's kind of the driving force here is you're going through your family's history and because as a kid, your mom had all of your relatives' doors sealed shut, which is this really you have to you kind of have to go with this game. It's one of those games where it's like, okay, this is weird, just go with it. But so you've never been in any of these relatives' rooms, and through this game, you're kind of going through all these secret passages and you're exploring this history of this family. And the bulk of the game, besides that, is you are reliving the moments of these people's deaths. Mm-hmm. Is this tracking for you, Christian? Am I doing a good job yeah, describing this? Fabulous. Okay. Uh, and in these moments where you're reliving these deaths, I think some of these things are just so cool mm-hmm. because it does this thing that I, f- I attribute to books a lot more, which is that it kind of puts you in the psychology of a character. I don't know a lot of games that do that. Um, for instance, one of my favorites is Gregory Finch, who died when he was one years old. And you are just this baby. The the <laughs> There's so many layers here. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through this It's quickly. like a first-person walking simulator. <laughs> yes. Thank you. The, uh, the, the transition into each death scene is like a document or something that is laid kind of at an altar in the room because your grandma was obsessed with documenting this family's history. So she made kind of these little... Uh, in memoriam things, she would paint their face on like a a log type of thing. It makes more sense in the game. Anyway, so for Gregory, it's this divorce filing between his parents. And you open it up and you start reading it, and it's from the dad to the mom. And he's just talking about how Gregory, he was always so happy, but something just seemed off, and I would love to be able to see inside this kid's imagination, because it was just a one-year-old baby. So, Gregory's death scene is, you are Gregory in a bathtub, and he has some toys and you kind of start controlling the toys and it just becomes more and more fanciful but then the mom will like peek in and she'll be like Gregory you okay and everything's just a bathtub and (laughs) it just builds and builds and builds and it's a super interesting thing because you are inside the mind of a one year old Mm -hmm. and kind of uh, a strange one year old and 
you know he's gonna die so it's this whole thing where everything's really happy and cheerful but then he like drowns in the bathtub and that's the other thing is this game has this really dark sense of humor (laughs) where a lot of it's kind of really funny but in a really dark way i found like a lot of the deaths are like they're dead and it's like funny how they died but also sad Uh, (laughs) but uh i feel like it doesn't come together at the end i feel like they were building and building and building and then the end is like it's over did you like it they have a little twist in there they they have a little twist but it's kind of you kind of know i don't know it's not (laughs) yeah world life-changing no they don't really explain anything which is fine like I think that's part of the game is like because the whole thing is like I'm trying to find out if this curse is real and then at the end they're like okay we're going to show you if the curse is real and then they don't and then the game's over which is fine I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. um, and then I one of the more substantial ones involves a cannery yes and I like that one a lot yeah what you're doing in that is crazy like the way that gameplay during that segment works is kind of awesome go Mm -hmm. on it kind of like it's kind of mind bendy a little bit as much as like a walking simulator game on a computer can be but I was like huh and there's some really good jokes with city names in that (laughs) that made me uh, pretty hard but uh, the story I found kind of cliched in that section um, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know what? Go play the game if you want. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna describe it quick. Um, he. It's from the document you find is from a psychologist, and she's been experiment. Er, experiment. She's been observing Lewis Finch, and he's like a teenager, like a uh, older teenager. He works at a cannery, and she's talking about how he keeps going into these. He just lives in his imagination, basically. He's kind of stopped living in the real world. So what that level is is you're controlling a hand at a cannery. And what you do is the fish comes down, you grab the fish, you put it in the slicer, it slices the head off, and then you push it through the chute. And that's the only control you have. But then a little imagination bubble pops up, and you're like this little king going on this journey, and it's like an old isometric RPG or something. And you're controlling both at the same time. So as you're grabbing the fish, put it, and it's mindless, like it's intentionally mindless because you're supposed to be focusing on this imagination and the imagination keeps getting bigger and bigger and it's taking more of the screen and all of a sudden you don't even see the fish anymore you're just making the hand motions and it's like it's kind of incredible yeah this like the way they weave that into the story that's being told i just wish the story being told wasn't just like wow he you know he loves in his imagination then he dies like they don't do anything with it but the gameplay uh and that's my spiel. Christian, what do you think of this? I think as far game? as first-person story-based affairs go, it's pretty much the cream of the crop. I mean, yeah. you've got like an interesting setup and a lot of fun little gameplay gimmicks in there. Like each each finch is like a different story beat and they're yeah. all really wacky and zany and weird and wonderful because <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple that are just and like there's one where you're taking pictures of things and I can oh, find I where the one. heck I was supposed to take a picture of. And that took me out of it for a bit, but yeah, that's one of the ones that made me laugh at the end. Yeah, but not yeah. like funny laugh, just like oh, huh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd recommend it. Oh, absolutely, I recommend it. It's just I just was kind of unsatisfied mm-hmm. at the wrap up, but for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong here. 
It's kind yeah. of crazy. They're just like better giving away than games. The, better than everybody's gone to the rapture, I'll tell you that much. Uh, see, I've seen so many people just like poo-poo that game. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I thought I it was pretty interesting. what makes Edith Finch that much better is that you're actually doing, like inhabiting these different characters that do these cool different gameplay things. Yeah. And yeah. Rapture, you're just walking around a city. Yeah. I like, I, I really like that they leave, I know I've been complaining that they don't wrap things up, but there's also things they leave hanging that I really appreciate. Like, one of your brothers disappears, and the way they show that is really novel, and they don't force you to figure out what happened there. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a thing, and you're just like, yep. Not gonna explain that away, but <laughs> uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend it, I guess. Sorry, I know I was just like motor mouth trying to get through this game, but there's a lot to go over there. And I also don't want to give too much away, but um, the only thing else I guess I want to wrap up there is um, Jeffy B on the the Beastcast was talking about how there was this huge emotional response at the end. I didn't really get that. Um, A little bit. Things kind of get real at the end in a way, which is kind of kind of got to me but uh, I don't know I didn't really feel the I'm not someone who's experienced loss like in the family really mm-hmm. like this there's a uh, tribute to I believe the developer's mother or something who passed away I think this is a game about kind of dealing with that but as someone who hasn't really been through that it's kind of didn't really connect with me so I feel you um, that's all I got Zach, do you like games where you walk around and look at stuff? Yeah, I, I liked uh, <laughs> okay. Fire. I, I liked Firewatch a lot. So oh, yeah, yeah. What, what was is, this? What was this game called? What remains of Edith Finch? Where did you get it? It was free. Uh, Epic Games have their own version of Steam, basically now their own store, and they give away a new game each two weeks. And this was last week. This was the game. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's also available on PS4 at the very least. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. by the same development studio that did Unfinished Swan, which was like a PS weird PS3 game, and there's a reference to that in there. Oh. Monochromatic. Oh. Type deal. Hmm. Very different, though. Very different. Yeah. Okay. Either Finch well, is good. It is. <laughs> We're at this weird... Thing where yeah. there's a lot of like nostalgia for early 2000s now, which mm-hmm. is kind of mm-hmm. weirding me out. Gone Home's like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. Lots of Twin Peaks references in Gone Home for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notes on the refrigerator, man. Yeah, yeah. They're really. <laughs> yeah. VHS like tapes. Yeah. Well, like what, what kind of Twin Peaks reference? Are people just gawking at the Douglas firs and how good their cup of coffee is, or? Is there a fish in the percolator? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's references to it being a show, basically. Like they have they have like magazine clippings, like in a diary of like, oh, he's so dreamy or whatever. Probably not he's so dreamy. Anyway, because um, they grew up watching Twin Peaks, and now they're returning to their childhood home. There's a lot of games about returning to your childhood <laughs> home, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. That's why Firewatch uh, is so good because it's about it's about growth. It's not about returning. It's about jumping into the unknown. 
Yeah. That's right. It's about burning it all down. That's right. It is. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. It's about finding let that the kid. Pa- let the past die, if you will. They sure do. Kill it if you have to. That's right. <laughs> um, I feel like this is a really weird point to end the podcast on. Somebody transition into something. Um, I I had fun. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Um, I would like to probably come back on the show... Aww. After the month of February, okay, um, because Anthem? I am going on a journey. Ooh, uh, my friends and I, a couple, couple good friends. Uh, they, well, it's three brothers, and uh, they started a tradition among themselves a few years back. Yeah. Once they all had like full time jobs and with like paid vacation and such, um, they started a tradition that they called Vacation Fest. Where they all they all took off at the same time, and since they all live around here and they don't really have any other family that lives in like other locations or or whatever, you know, that traveling is not that big of a deal to them. Um, they use this vacation time to just spend time with each other Aww. and just hang hang out for like the week. And uh, one of our mutual friends joined this with them one year. And then the next year, I was good enough friends with them where I was I was invited to kind of... I, I They said, you can be as much of a part of it as you want to be. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to intrude too much, so let me just, like, come and hang out for, like, a couple of the evenings, but I'm not going to, like, take the whole week off. And then last year was the first year that I, I participated in full. I did take the uh, most of the week off, and I, and I uh, participated in the vacation fest. So this year, I've got that whole week off, in February, wow. uh, where we will be spending a week in each other's vicinity, where, where we'll get sick of each other by the end of the week. Yeah. But the big portion of this is that they pick a game to complete. Usually, it's like a big game, you know, one that'll take many, many hours. Yeah. Um, and the, the the challenge is that you you play it start to finish. Well, I have set myself up for something that I haven't done in a long time. I'm going to play through the original Mass Effect trilogy. Wow. Oh, jeez. That's awesome. All three? That's right. One, two, three. One after another. That's going to hurt. And uh, I should have enough time over the week to finish all three. Not like, you know, quote unquote 100% or whatever. And I'm not going to like go back and try and, you know, I'm just going to see how things unfold. Yeah. And uh, I I would like to get back to you guys after that to kind of... Uh, break down how I think these games hold up after, you know, seven years after the release of the last one. Mm-hmm. Do you, Zach, psychological question here, do you save the Rathne Queen or do you, uh, you know, kill her? What's your, uh, what kind of I think I, o- I only did that once, and I, uh, to be honest with you, Tucker, I don't remember the choice I made. So, You're one of those people. Uh, I, I will. <laughs> I will let you know. I will okay. let you know the choice that I make because I again I've I've only played through these games once before and yeah. it was many years ago. So yeah. um what's we'll we'll see how things go down. What's this event called? What do they call uh, we, it? We call it Vacation Fest. Okay. Do you guys prefer the Netflix Vacation Fest movie or the Hulu Vacation Fest? <laughs> oh I, I I don't know of either one, so uh, well, Zach, I, I am, caught the reference. <laughs> I w- I'm very excited to hear about your your pilgrimage here. This sounds crazy. 
playing through the Mass Effect games in direct proximity with each other really sheds a different light on them. Because when I first played through Mass <laughs> oh. Effect 2, it was long after playing the first one. And then my most recent time, I played the first one, then immediately the second one. And it's weird, because like those games are different gameplay-wise, and they're also very different tonal, tonally-wise. So, yeah. very fascinating. Hmm. I, I had sort of that same experience. Yeah, 2 is like a it's like the action movie version of yeah. Mass Effect 1. It's weird. That's why and 1 worse. is like the Star Trek version. Yeah. 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 And then 3 Three's is like there. The, 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 the Return of the Jedi. It's like the they're We have the come Sith. full circle. <laughs> Zach, take us out on some hot Star Wars trivia that no one would know. Uh... That's really, hmm. um, oh, here, here's one. <gasps> okay. Because I'm looking at them right now. I just got them in the mail. Okay. Um, who portrayed Luke Skywalker in the National Public Radio, Star Wars radio dramas? Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, jeez. Who? Mark Hamill. Well, Tucker, you're correct. It is Mark <laughs> Hamill. <laughs> Yay! They got, they got him back. They, they oh, got cool. him to do the voice at least for, I think he did it for, um... He did it for the original, he did it for New Hope, and he did it for Empire Strikes Back, but wow. I, I don't think that they got him back to do Return of the Jedi. Who, um, yeah. But Anthony Daniels was, uh, Anthony Daniels did C-3PO for all three, because that dude has nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except bad mouth everyone else. Oh. Right. And and talk about um, how he was some sort of great actor, or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Dude, you played one role ever, so... Yeah. His head gets popped off and then he put it on the other robot. But hey, the dude had a... He's had a life. He's had a real <laughs> yeah. career. I mean, yeah. you, you you can't ask for much more than being able to play the same character over and over again. I mean, <laughs> well, actually, work. he didn't play C-3PO in the last one, did he? He did. He absolutely did. I could have sworn... Or is it uh, Peter Mayhew who didn't play... He didn't play was- Chewbacca, but he was someone else. Yeah, it was Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew okay. uh, shared time with uh, uh, Junus. I believe it's Junus. It could be Jonas. Uh, Suantamo. Uh, um, in uh, is, it's in for- it's I, I know. And let me finish this. In, in Force, in Force <laughs> Awakens, he shared time with him to kind of like show him the ropes, so mm-hmm. to speak. And then by the time the Last Jedi came around, I don't believe that Peter was involved at all. I think it was just uh, Jonas. Uh, and then, uh, well, he's not dead. He just wasn't performing the character. Wow. Okay. And then uh, Jonas took over his Chewbacca in Solo as well. So that's um, pretty cool. Zach, you fount of Star Wars knowledge. Do you have uh, any plugs to plug here? I already did my big plug. New okay. Jedi Archives. You can find it on the Galactic Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or whatever. We talk about Star Wars exclusively it's just star wars so if you're a star wars fan that's a good place to go and listen to star wars talk uh otherwise i do a wrestling podcast that i just started back up with my buddy joshua yeager um we are going episode by episode week by week uh through the uh what wrestling fans would consider to be the ruthless aggression era of (laughs) wwe yep um it's it's right after like Stone Cold and The Rock, like right after they kind of stopped wrestling. Um, oh. So it was kind of like, how did they? How did WWE pick up the pieces? What yeah. What did they do to establish new stars? 
and it was the that was the era that I really started watching wrestling. So oh, it's weird. interesting to go back and and kind of review my memories, and then also you know form new opinions of of how they handled this content. I, I, I'm I'm very excited to go on that journey. And the idea is that people who are listening to the show would watch the episode on the WWE Network and then uh, come back and listen to us talk about it. Uh, so. Um, you what know, it, I figure they they have like Seinfeld podcasts and shit like that. Oh, where like, sure, yeah. They the go socket. episode by episode. So why couldn't we do that? That was my. What's view on up it. with that? That's kind of neat. Ruthless Aggression was when I was watching WWE, and that's yeah. Uh, what uh, what era is this? Is this like early two thousands? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we pick up in summer of two thousand two, like okay. late summer, early fall is okay. when uh the the other thing I wanted to go back and and look at it. Um, at that time, oh, th- this is getting way too specific. Just watch, <laughs> j- just listen and watch along if you're a wrestling fan. Um, you can find that on Spreaker.com. Just search the SmackDown Rebound. Ooh, nice name. Yeah, like thank it. you. Um, yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask Christian. You got any plugs? Bill? Sure. You can read reviews that I write at Pushcore.com or NewGameNetwork.com, where I'll be reviewing Kingdom Hearts three imminently. Ooh. Mm. Michael, any N- plugs uh, on your end? Nope, I'm coming out of this clean. Got nothing. Okay. Um, we have a special socket going up soon. It's not special, but it's a game I like that I've roped Christian into playing, and then we're going to talk about it. It's a secret. Zach, thanks for coming back. No problem. Keep it secret, keep it safe. That thanks, is Uncle. right. Fly, you fools. Touch it, it's quite cool. That's what he says, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Nazgul. <gasps> Nazgul. That's what I call my nose. No, no man may kill the Nazgul. <laughs> okay, let's just take this out. Say as many Lord of the Rings characters as no you can man. think of. Frodo. Bilbo. Gandalf. Tom Bombadil. Gimli. Tom Bombadil's not in the movies, but I'll accept it. I the Witch specify. King. The Witch King. Uh, 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 Galadriel. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, oh, uh, Legolas. Gimli. was already said. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.